Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us. If you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member, one of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. I'm Chris Paul and I'm going to be your host for tonight. We're looking at uh, an amazing week that we've just had as Rangers fans. So thank you very much for popping along um, into tonight's podcast as we aim to talk about an amazing week. Um, so I'm going to be introducing the guest tonight. Um, first and foremost, we've got David Pollock. How's things, David? Things are uh, absolutely fantastic, Chris. We're in a, I'm in, I'm in a week-long dream until I step onto the plane next Monday. So, looking forward to it. Can't wait. Brilliant. Um, and we've got Craig Campbell. Craig, first time I've met you, mate. How's things with yourself? Good week. Hola, amigo. Um, <clears throat> I am obviously brushing up on my Spanish skills for this coming Monday. But, um, I... Uh, just on cloud nine, just like um, what the big guy says before me there, I um, literally have not come off the ceiling in the last two days. Um, I'm, I'm waiting for the crash and it's still not coming. Um, so I will probably not, probably not come until next Friday when I'm flying home. But <clears throat> aye, amazing, mate. Aye, unbelievable, mate. Unreal. I'm the same as you. It just feels, feels a wee bit surreal just now, but... Um, I'm sure it'll, it'll kick in shortly. And lastly, we've got a return uh, to the podcast by Kenny. Kenny, how's things with yourself, mate? I know you're into talk specifically um, about Rangers women winning the league. Yeah, um, I'm all right. I've just been, obviously, you know yourself, been busy for the last few months, and especially when the women's season's on, my head's always down. So it's good to get a wee bit of a good to get a wee bit of a rest after after so many months. Aye, definitely. And I suppose that's a good place for us to kick off is 
uh, talking about obviously Rangers women winning the league. I'd obviously saw everything on social media yesterday. So can you tell us a wee bit about that journey and how big that a win that was yesterday? Yeah, well, um, I think anyone that follows Rangers would have definitely seen in the last few years. There's definitely been a lot more work um, going on to in- try and integrate the women and uh, make it have this one club um, policy about us. So, um, yeah, they played Glasgow City there um, at the weekend. Ended up drawing with them and ending Glasgow City's 14, 14 uh, titles in a row, which obviously for anyone to do that in the women's game is certainly, um, you know, it's, it's certainly has as a amazing feat for them. Um, you know, Malky Thomas has came in um, the last few years and certainly done a done a great job. And obviously Vignal was in there um, for a while as well. Andy Gardner has been in um, before him, actually working with his assistant. So. The you know the foundations were laid um, a few years ago, and um, obviously with them going professional, you'd have seen a lot more you know a lot more players coming from overseas to play for them, and even in the you know even in the women's player of the year this year, you know Lindsay Arnott just missed out um, on an award there to a very good um, you know a very good player in Chinchilla who ended up winning it. So no, definitely made big strides um, over the last few seasons. Um, even you know, even over COVID, where things were a bit stop start, and when you know, women weren't women's teams didn't have the the luxuries that the men's team did, you know, to to almost be not exempt, but have those exceptions put in place. Um, I know obviously women um, were delayed in coming back, so they didn't have enough time, or they didn't have as much time before the season. They didn't have the same access to facilities um, as you know as some men's team done. But no, I think it's I think it's fair to say that Rangers have definitely. You know, led the line and, and set an example of, of bringing the women's game into the, the 21st century and moving forward. That's brilliant. No, it's, it's great to hear. 14 years in a trot for Glasgow City is obviously tremendous dominance, but did, did we come close last year, if I remember right? I remember there was something sort of running it down to the wire. I don't know if it was us or um, another yeah, team. It was, yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was just more of a three-way race. Um, last year, and there was a there was actually no fun match towards the end of the season. Um, I, I can't remember if we beat or drew that. I think it was either two each or two one, um, and that pretty much just killed it for us. Um, and that let City obviously go on and, and win the fourteenth title. Um, but no, definitely the, the Rangers team you would have seen yourself like a lot of a lot of the more maybe well-known players left this summer, and um, you know they, they added into that squad so. Um, we've certainly not stood still. Ah, that's brilliant. No, that's good. So what, what do they you know then build, obviously, for for this and try and get a bit of dominance themselves? Yeah, I would say, I would say obviously, um, try and maintain that title and for the next year, year after that. Um, they'll have the European competition to go into now. Um, you know, Glasgow City, using them as, you know, you need to look at them as the model. They have been so successful both domestically and you know they've had success in the women's champions league um in the past few years as well so um you know that that they've certainly got the benchmark um to strive for and to push for and a club the size of Rangers I, I don't really think there's any excuses as to why they, they wouldn't get there. Ah definitely. No it's brilliant. No cheers for that update mate and hopefully it, it keeps going in the, the right direction because we have noticed this up I, I suppose across the youth setup as well that Standards seem to be going up across the whole of the club, um, and obviously we're going to touch on our sort of, I suppose the the men's side and what we are talking about in Seville and the progress there. And you just hope that that filters down to everybody in the club. Yeah, I mean, it's from speaking from speaking from like the obviously you know that in the coaches set up in, in Scotland, like there's like a lot more demand now for for coaches to go out there and get their UEFA badges and go on all these different courses. Um, I've been on a few myself the last year. I've been up in like Dundee. Um, eventually, I felt like forever. I was waiting to get up um, to get going with my UEFA badges again. But there's certainly more of a not like a yeah yeah well a minimum requirement, I guess you could say. Um, and like the coaching setup, you know, there's a lot more. There's a lot more of a professional um, academy, uh, professional mindset in these academies now. Um, just off the top of my head an example so all the boys like all the boys academies they play their games on um, Friday nights the SFA 
I bought into the women's game, um, especially like so the likes of your SWPL1 teams, um, they filter down there with their performance teams, with their academies. Um, they're, they're looking to, to start them playing on Friday nights as well and basically take that model from the boys' team uh, or the boys' game and move that over into the women's. So it's um, there's definitely that, you know, people in associations are making moves. Brilliant. That's great, mate. Cheers for that. Um, and hopefully, as I say, things keep kicking on um, for for the women's game um, and for Rangers, obviously, to continue winning trophies because that's really what it's all about. Um, but no, thanks for coming on and doing that um, feedback, Kenny. Much appreciated. Uh, no worries. I'll see you in Sizzle next week. See <laughs> you soon, mate. See you soon. Cheers. Yeah, take um, care. So, yeah, on back on to obviously the, the, the men's game there and obviously it was good for Kenny to come along and share that because it's um, it's important that we know what's happening I suppose across the whole of the club and um, when we're successful it needs to be celebrated um, so I thought back to the men's game I think it doesn't really get much more um, successful than than the game that we've just watched obviously um, on Thursday the the Leipzig game um, Davey I'm going to come to yourself for this, um, obviously we'll, we'll maybe look at the game itself, but I just want to touch on something that <clears throat> has been well commented on just in terms of the atmosphere. As we've known on the podcast for yourself, Davey, you are a, a well-travelled uh, Rangers man. You've been following Rangers for a lot longer than I have. And um, was that the best atmosphere you've ever experienced inside uh, a stadium? Well, you know, I haven't, after Thursday night, you know, in the, been at the game, uh, living, kicking every ball. I had a think about it after the game as to whether it was the best ever. And it, about one second later, I came up with the answer, yes, it was. The Thursday night was was just a magical experience. The, the whole crowd, you know, from the kickoff all the way through, everyone in the stadium was just so emotionally attached to what was going on in the pitch, reacting to every event, every kick of the ball, throw-in, corner, every refereeing decision. Everyone was in it, you know, full tilt. It was just fantastic. And leaving the ground, my mates are in the coat one rear, so I'm on the club deck on my own. Leaving the club deck, going down the stairs, you know, and and I'm just, I was just a wee bit detached. And But the scenes round about me, were just absolutely fantastic. I'll, I'll remember it forever. It was just mass hysteria. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. And, and the the buzz. I mean, I never got to. Uh, it was daylight when I I got to my bed. And after that, like after having you know battered uh, BT's uh, highlights for a, a few sessions, absolutely fantastic game. The, just what you dream about, wasn't it? It, it was dreamlike, uh, and and to do it. Like, and we've done it again and again. We just keep coming over these hurdles, over these hurdles. We've only got one more, one more to go, and uh, this team will truly be legends. They will be, they'll be the Barcelona Bears and the the Seville Saviors or whatever they'll be dubbed. <laughs> something. <clears throat> no, but fantastic, Chris. Fantastic. I mean, amazing. Which just stuff that dreams are made of. Aye, no, it's good to hear you say that because. Certainly, any time that I've followed Rangers, um, that's, that's the best I've felt. I think it's the most I've felt the the fans together with the team. Um, I mean, even at at half time, we were singing a John Lundstrom song. Um, you know, usually you're getting everybody going for their their drinks or their food or whatever. I just kind of felt as if everybody stayed um, and, and were singing. And I think as well, you know, we'll talk a wee bit about the game um, if anybody can actually remember it. But the you know, I think that we were feeding off how much Leipzig were actually struggling with because they they came out and, and folded. Craig, what about your yourself? Obviously, David touched on it. It's the best he's experienced. Um, is it the same for for yourself? I do you know I've been doing a lot of reflection on it in the last few days, and I think Rangers Football Club means something specific to every one of us, um, and it will have like. For me, it reminds me of um, growing up, going to the football with my granddad and having that connection with my granddad and then being able to pass it on to my son. And I remember like the first ever game I took my son to when he was five and, and it was an Armed Forces Day game and, it, and I lasted him until half-time. And uh, I thought, this is a disaster. This, is, this isn't going to happen. Um, 
and slowly but surely started enjoying going to football and David was talking about the hysteria and I've never experienced a match like that. At half time, the boy behind me actually says, I feel as if I've been here all day. Like the sweat was lashing off me. Um, my voice, I had no voice at half time. Um, like when we scored, it was like just grabbing my boy and just like going, this is what it's all about. And then see at the end of the game, like I, I reckon I lost in the, the I'm feeling it. And, and then I, t- I turned to my wee boy and he, and he had his hands in his, uh, and he covered his face and he was crying. And I'm like, I thought something had happened to him. And I turned to him and I'm like, are you all right, wee man? And he turned to me and he says, Dad, we're just the best team in the world. And, he, and I'm like, I've done it. Like the wee man, like he's got what I've got about Rangers now. Um, and it's like, then I've got memories of Manchester and, and I'm like, my wee boy gets to do that. Uh, only he gets to date in the sun and I had to date in Manchester. <laughs> um, just the best experience I've ever had. By the way, I'm not even just talking about football. I'm talking about like up there with experiences in life, man. Um, and then just, it just hits me every so often. I'm like, ah, Rangers in a European final. <laughs> we, we can actually win a European Cup here. Uh, I just... Um, as you can tell, I'm still a wee bit excited, but um, honestly, Glasgow Rangers, man, wow. <laughs> no, I was, I was the same with, with, with my boy as well, like, you know, turning around to him, um, how emotional he was, you know what I mean, how how much it meant to him. <clears throat> and I think even just the random guys that you sit next to when you go to Ibrox, you, you don't know very much about them because they'll give you a couple of words or whatever, or um, you'll talk to them. Um, but I touched on this before, where like there was a couple of people who didn't come back to Ibrox after COVID and stuff. And although you'd only had a couple of words with them and stuff, you'd realise you'd had a strong, powerful connection with these people just because you walk by them when you're going to your seat. Um, but <clears throat> at the game, aye, it was um, it was brilliant. Just adults crying all over the place, just people letting out emotions. I personally stood still at, like at the end of the game. I'm like, I can't believe this is. This has just happened, you know. It was it was surreal, and obviously because I'd known that I had already booked to go to Seville, um, I was like, "We're going, man. We're actually we're actually going here." And then the reality hit in about how am I going to actually get time off work? How am I going to get afford this because I'm skint? Um, but you don't think about them things at the time. But no, it was it was tremendous, and it was it was definitely. I think you, you touched on that here, Craig. It's a cracking point. It's not just a football experience; that's an experience that you carry the rest of your life no matter what, you know, that getting and doing that. And, you know, regardless of what happens now, I think we've got a strong, I think, I think we've got a strong chance of winning the, winning the thing, obviously. But regardless of what happens now, nobody can take that away from us, um, what just happened there. And what I was saying when I was walking back to the bus, even in the euphoria, I was actually saying, you know, we should never actually take away how good a result that was against that Leipzig team because they were the, the form team going into that game in the Bundesliga. Um, how do you think the, the game sort of panned out? Obviously well for us, Davey, but did you ever feel under pressure at any point, particularly obviously we go up a couple of goals, we, we are starting to get everything going for us, but Leipzig, obviously we in Kunku, then bring it back at, at 2-1, crack and finish. Um, I did feel at that point we were a bit shaky. I don't know if that was just my arse making buttons for the Copeland rear, but it did look like that. Um, what about yourself? Well, I, I thought it was a contest. All the way to the final whistle, Chris, because they are a quality side. So, you know, we never had, it was never at any point until the referee blew the final whistle was I taking it for granted that we were going to do Leipzig. That that final whistle was the confirmation we had done it because they are a good side. You know, when when you go back and look at, in the cold light of day, look at the possession stats, we need 63% possession. You know, so... We'd 37, you know, Scott Arfield, we'd done a Scott Arfield, <clears throat> 37% possession. But in saying that, you know, we had uh, as many, probably more shots in goal than they did. Uh, so it was it was making that possession count. So they did have a lot of the ball, but they weren't really getting through. So, but it, certainly in the second half, the build up to their goal, you know, you're concerned. But, you know, but. I think what was kind of what blurred it for me really was that because we were all so invested in it, there wasn't really the 
know, the for fuck's sake to have moments. So because we were just living every ball, every ball, and you know, get through the next minute, get through the next minute, and the the whole crowd, you know, were just so invested in it. Then we get the goal. I didn't even realise that you know that it was, it was ten minutes to go. I kind of lost track of time. It was only when we'd scored the goal that I realised, you know, we're now into the last ten minutes. You know, we're that last ten minutes was absolutely fucking agony. I have to say that to be honest. I mean, it, it, we ramped it up a notch in terms of you know every single ball, the referee's decision. It was just nuts. Then the release at the final whistle will live with me for, till, till my dying day. It was just fucking fantastic. <laughs> it was just amazing but <clears throat> they, I, I thought we went in we had a chance I would say possibly they were favourites but we were never out of the contest we were we were still holding on to two each was taking us the extra time Lundstrom comes up with a fucking winner we see what the last 10 minutes happy days uh, I mean I think even in the game in Leipzig Though something's hard to tell when you're actually when you're actually there because it was fucking it was so tense over there. But I could see what Gio was trying to do, and there's a bit of kind of arrogance about it, which is like, I look, you give us your all at your stadium, but you're coming back to Ibrox, and I quite like that because I think that fed into the fans as well. It's like the fans then felt, you know, we're we can actually do this here, and I, I'd felt I don't think Leipzig ever collapsed. Don't get me wrong, but I did, obviously they've reflected on this as they've came out. The manager and some of the players, um, the atmosphere got to them. The noise, the the passion, um, and a lot of people were saying. I think it was Derek Gray was one of the main people that said that that Leipzig are used to playing in um, strong atmospheres because they've played in Dortmund um, and places like that. But see, when you watch German football. It's it's a different kind of atmosphere, you know. It's like singing in unison, it's bouncing in unison. It's quite, you know, those people, Bayern Munich fans sitting in with Dortmund fans. Ibrooks is hostile. Do you know what I mean? It's a it's a hostile environment, and you either you respond to it or you or you crumble um, underneath it. So, um, aye, they they did. To be fair, and I think that was I think that was evident for the off. I think one difference though in terms of the atmosphere is that you know when you see the kind of continental games. The, the chants from the terracing are kind of irrespective of, of what's happening on the pitch. Whereas at Ibrox, you know, everything is kind of fed from the pitch as to what song is sung, what the crowd reaction is. So they're just, everyone is just in, absolutely engrossed in, in what's happening. The referee gets it, you know, opposition players get it, which you don't really get with kind of with the ultra, you know, sing song from minute one to minute 90 when they've got a range of songs to get through irrespective of, of what's happening on the pitch. That doesn't happen at Ibrox. Everything comes from the pitch. Ah, you're spot on, mate. You're spot on, and I think that's what, the, what they were not used to. Um, so, Craig, what about yourself in terms of the, the game, how it played out? Obviously, we, we go into that last 20 minutes, um, and the ball John Lundstrom pops up, uh, a fan's favourite now after probably struggling towards the start of the season. Talk us through your emotions and how many rows you felt celebrating that. You know, just see, see when you see if, for anyone that listened back to the podcast last week, I was ridiculously confident about the game, uh, and then I woke up the morning of the game, and I was absolutely ill, and that that feeling didn't go um, up until probably we scored the first goal, and then I was like, right, okay. Um, I mean, it made it worse. I went to the fan zone um, thing with, with my, my wee boy, and um, Richard Goff was talking, and he's the first person that I'd heard in the build up to the game talk about what happens if we didn't do it. And I was like, don't, don't talk like that, Richard. Come on. Uh, and um, do you know yes. what? I went in and, and I was absolutely over it. And um, it was one of the ones as well, do you know, I was worried because there's been big games that I books I've went to and we've been building up the atmosphere and then we go in the, in the atmosphere, maybe I think it's hindered by the the, the nerves um, and you can tell that Ibrooks, the full of Ibrooks is nervous and um, you didn't get that on Thursday. It was as if like, the, I mean, we've spoke about like the synergy of the, the team and as one club um, with the fans and and that was what it was like when David was talking about like the, the fans fed off the team, the team fed off the fans. and um, it, I mean, it was like, I think it was maybe in the first five, ten minutes and Ryan Jack made that tackle. Um, and, and you're going, aye. And the, and the team, and then it's like every single shy, um, every single 
ball that was contested it was like cheered like it was a goal um, do I remember I went with my pal to the, the Feyenoord game and we sat in the Feyenoord end um, and people had warned me about the, the, what, what to expect and stuff and um, the first couple of minutes they got a corner and they celebrated it like a goal and I was like what is going on here um, and that's, that must have been what the Leipzig fans were like they must have been like ah, what is this all about because um, it is when you watch the German football and you watch most continental football you, you watch it's that kind of droning noise and whether it's a corner whether it's a goal it's, it's very similar kind of noise levels that they, they give off um, and I mean it's, you mentioned John Lundstrom man the words that song um, comes close to describing how I feel about that man um, it's like I don't know if you remember when he when, there, was a, there was a ball near the end and he won it at the, at the, uh, in the halfway line and, and he battered down the line, just like he did the extra time against Braga. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually lays it off, a really, really good ball, but he, he probably should have taken that in the corner. But it's like, the guy's just that commanding. Like, there's nobody that can touch him. See when he's on his game? Like, I don't know how we managed to get him for, the, for what we got him for. Um, like, I know there's been a lot said about the salary zone. I can double that right now. <laughs> He's worth it. I mean, if he's um, obviously a free transfer, I think the Gerard effect would come into play for that one, but he's just took to it. And to be honest, he's, Geo's got the best of him, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. And I think one thing that, that obviously is worth touching on for the, the game and the atmosphere, and I think for the players, um, was was the impact of Jimmy Bell, obviously, passing away. And I suppose you, you never knew how that was going to go. Um, and the uh, I suppose before the game, um, but when you had watched, obviously the, the players' reaction when they scored their goals. If you are you like me, um, David, if you've watched the full BT Sport thing a few times over and over, um, but the inside Ibrooks was was really good as well and emotional because it was showing you just how much um, that meant to those players, um, and there was a a calmness and a composure and a passion about them, which I thought was was evident about Jimmy. Did you feel the same, David? Absolutely. I think the influence of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is now being brought to bear on this team. You can see there's there's belief, there's the commitment, you know, which we've had, you know, the last couple of months. You know, I think, you know, obviously from the, the, the first game at Parkhead where we uh, shit the nest. But since then, things things have clearly changed. And, you know, that there's, uh, there's been a, a heart-to-heart conversation, you know, with the big boys in the dressing room. We, we can do this. We're a good side, you know, as you've seen from Connor's goal test, uh, statement. But one thing that did concern me was when Tab was in the, the press conference last week and he's saying that, you know, his wee routine when, in leaving the dressing room was that Jimmy Bell would put his captain's armband on. I'm thinking, well, that isn't going to happen on Thursday. Who the, so the, the, my concern was the last thought he's leaving the dressing room with is that Jimmy's no here with us, you know? And I'm, hope, I'm hoping that that's going to spur him on rather than, you know, slow him down, which clear, and clearly it, it had the, the desired effect. But that, you know, motivation, is that, that was a, just a wee added motivation to go out, get the job done, resolve, commitment. And uh, obviously Jimmy's uh, passing was kind of absolute disaster for it. Disaster, for not, not least for Jimmy's family. I mean, Goodness sake, but I mean, all he represented through all the decades, you know, from the manager to manager, and he just kind of carried the banner of tradition for us. You know, he was players come, the players go. Jimmy was there to just make sure they set the tone, set the standard. This is who you play for. Play for Rangers. This is what we do. I mean, an absolute vital cog in the wheel of any club, but I mean, most of all, our club. So, no, you were. And you're wondering if that would have been wheeled out on his excuse, you know, where I was off the ball. Clearly, it, it didn't detract from anything. It drove us on. It drove the team on. Uh, and, and I think they were already committed. It just took us up another 10%. It was fantastic. The commitment of the players was just beyond reproach. Ah, they were they were up for it. I think they were up for it from the start. And I'd said I'd com- commented to the boys when about me at, at the minute silence. Ryan Jacks wheeled away for it, and he looked absolutely burst. He looked totally emotional. Um, but you couldn't tell it. 
you, you couldn't tell it when the game started, but I uh, obviously hard one for the club, and he said obviously Jimmy's family first and foremost. But I, uh, I think the players used that as as inspiration. But we got there, um, we we won the game. Lundstrom obviously scores the third. Um, Leipzig um, tried their best at the end. Did a couple of wee tiny pass, uh, tidy passes, getting into the box, and it was looking a bit dodgy. But as soon as the ref blew that whistle, it was euphoria. Um, and the stadium, it was just bedlam. And I've saw different angles, different videos. Probably my favourite video actually comes for the Leipzig again, and it's some of the video on it. And it's it's the Brumlin, I think, initially. And then the pan around the rest of the stadium, and it's just it's just limbs everywhere. Everybody's celebrating it. Um, and I quite liked as well, I don't know if you saw the Frankfurt-West Ham game, but the Frankfurt fans went on the park. Um, and, and and I'm glad we never done that, because we, we got such a different response um, with the players going round and I must admit seeing Alan McGregor singing the uh, Blue Sea Ibrox was tremendous as well because listen he's he's copped a bit of flack this season um, half me at times as well don't get me wrong I've said a few things to him for Copeland I hope he's not heard me but anything I've said I'm sorry Alan I hope you can forgive me but um, pulled off an amazing save but we're going there you know it's 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 secured the question now um, for, for me, Craig, is can we can we do it? Can we beat Frankfurt in the, the final? I think um, we can look at we can look at where Frankfurt are in their own league um, and do comparisons to, to Dortmund and do comparisons to Leipzig. For me, the most important thing is is a comparison to 2008. Um, you compare it to the build-up, um, the teams that we played, the way that we played, how we got through each round. Um, I mean, I, I think once the dust settles um, in this this journey and we can look back, it's pretty remarkable how we've played through. Um, <clears throat> to think that we lost our first two group, taking away the, the Champions League qualifiers and playoffs and what have you and the group stages we lose our first two games and we, we then go on to I think it's I think it's 16 goals that we scored in the knockout stages something crazy like that it's, it's, a, it's a mad amount of goals anyway um, and it's you, you touched on it um, earlier on where there's been games where Giovanni has like we went to Leipzig and it was almost as if it was like, right, let's see what you've got because we're going to show you what we've got in a week's time. Um, and, and we spoke about it last week, about the confidence in the team where it's like, we know what we need to do and we're pretty confident that we're going to do it. Each each time that Rangers come up against a test, like David was talking about when, when, when it was kind of backs against the wall, and particularly for like kind of 10 minutes, I remember that kind of dead 10 minute spell where I was like, we looked dead on our feet and I was like, wait, how are we even going to reach extra time? And and then up pops Big John with a goal and um it's like every time a hurdle's put in front of this football team um, that we've got right now, they, they come up and they do, they don't just come up, they come up with trumps. Do you know what I mean? They, 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 like, they don't just it's like who better than John Lindstrom to come up with that goal? Do you know what I mean? It's it's as if it's like there's somebody that's writing a script and and like <clears throat> I we can look at um Frankfurt's played Barcelona, put them out, they've put out a Premier League team, a, a very, very strong Premier League team, by the way. Um, like West Ham are a very, very good football team. Um, and a lot of people have said that they've had off nights against Frankfurt. And um, I, I would argue as well that West Ham were their own downfall against Frankfurt by losing losing the the, the man um, at the, practically at the start of the game and gave themselves an uphill struggle and, and if you look back at the highlights, there was a, a good few chances that West Ham should and probably would normally score. Um, I, I don't want to sound too overly confident because I, I actually prefer Rangers going in as underdogs. I, I've always preferred Rangers going into games as underdogs, but um, I can't help but go into this and, and think this is different for 2008. Um, we, of course, we deserve to be there in 2008, but it's, it's a different kind of... Um, feeling going into this where it's like every team we've not just scraped past we've beat and beat pretty convincingly um, particularly again at Ibrox when it's when we've got our fans behind us and um, no doubt yes we're, I think it's only like 15,000 probably 
there'll probably be about 20,000 Rangers fans in the stadium by the time people are spending like two and three thousand pounds in tickets. But um, I think Rangers will go and do it. I genuinely do. In 90 minutes. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, I hope so, Tane. I think when you're touching on 2008, I think this team, yeah, just, this team just feels just feel more confident getting into these big games with them. They, they, they rise to that occasion and... It's nothing against the 2008 team because up until now they were, they were obviously heroes for getting us there. Um, the, the, the sort of method and the route that we've taken we've, we've dismantled teams as you said. We've, we've matched teams more or less away from him although all right, we've, we've maybe not got the result in Braga and the result in Leipzig but we've been confident enough to take them back and to be honest the Braga game we should have won by a lot more. That should never have went to, to extra time. We get the result against Dortmund um, we also do Red Star, who are who are not a bad team either. Um, I felt two thousand and eight. I mean, pfft, I was just anxious that whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like big saves, penalty shooter. You know, it was it was one of those ones. But we, with that, I mean, I, the the top goal scorer of the tournament is is our right back. So I mean, that tells you exactly everything you need to know about about our team and the you know how how they've done to get here. What about yourself, David? Are you confident for for the final? Mm-hmm. I think Craig's touched on. A good point. I think Frankfurt are, are obviously when you look at the league table, if you were to base it on that, probably a bit naive because the, they've they've got some good results in this tournament. Um, more than capable of going on the night next Wednesday and, and getting a result against us. But are you fancying us for it? Well, we have. Got, I, I would say that the the tie is probably fifty fifty, Chris. Uh, how do we look at the the Leipzig West Ham game and and bizarrely the. Possession stats were exa- exactly the same as our game against Leipzig, only in reverse, because uh, Eintracht Frankfurt had sixty-three uh, percent possession, and West Ham had thirty-seven percent possession. So we we thirty-seven percent possession and won three-one, and they had thirty-seven possession and lost one-nil. But West Ham had six strikes on target, and they're thirty-seven percent. So uh, you can see that they they're, they're kind of following that kind of German pattern and have lots of the ball. They're, they're lots of possession, but they don't really make it count in the final third. You know, they, they're the ding dong thing. So I had to be looking through the highlights of their game against Barca and uh, the West Ham, and, and I think Craig makes a cracking point. I think Creswell's getting sent off in 19 minutes, utterly changed that game. You know, in terms of uh, for, for Frankfurt, but. It would have been far more of a contest, I think, had they, they continued with 11 men. But certainly, in terms of their league form, it's just about a three-way split between their, their, their 33 games they've played. They've only got one more league game to play. And it's uh, 10, 11, 12, I think. So in terms of wins, losses and defeats, so it's like kind of... They, they're quite, they've only won a third of their league games. So they're, they've, they've lost 12. So they're actually in deficit in terms of goal scored. So you know that they, 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 we can get at them. And and what's been amazing though for for the the, the run that Rangers have been on is that we we've been playing without a recognised centre forward. You know, and and just and just took it on the chin. You know, and and I think Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has probably been instrumental in that and in adapting the side. You know, and adapting the way we've been we've been set up. Uh, and because I think Gerard. When in his time was more akin to we'll play the same away from home as we will at Ibrox, whereas you can see uh, that that Geo is far more flexible in how the whole thing operates. We just 
coped with no roof, no Morellis, okay, then we'll find another way. And we did find another way. So yeah, I've got to hand it to Gio. He has gone up immeasurably, in my estimation, in the last two, three months, because you just see this guy thinks this through. Uh, and the guys are going out. You can clearly see it when the team are on the pitch. They're going out with a plan. Stick to the plan. They've clearly got confidence in the manager because they, it's uh, everyone's in it together. And the team spirit, the level of commitment, I think we're in a good place. And I don't think we could be in a better place, actually, to be going to this final against a team. So we were doing the homework against Eintracht Frankfurt. You know, anything can happen, Chris. Anything can happen. But I think I'm more confident than I would be in it. Been, been about Manchester because obviously Zenit were a top-notch side. They pumped Bayern. I mean, and I mean pumped Bayern in the semi before we they got to us. Whereas I think Eintracht Frankfurt are certainly within our radar. And I would agree. I'm I'm massively up for it myself. Confident. Um, I don't think um, we're in danger under Gio of um, you know taking this game for granted whatsoever. I think you'll have this well sussed. Um, and also as well I think we've got the Dutch advantage too I think they'll have a, a fair understanding of what's happening in German football I think Dutch and Germans have got a right good understanding of you know, each other's leagues so I, I think Gio will be well prepared for it I've been massively impressed by him over the last few months as you say just some of the tweaks that he does you know, mm-hmm. the, the dropping John Lundstrom into um, that third centre-half position at times as well it really helps break up some of the press that happens against us so i very intelligent um, for the touchline and I think you know depending on what happens if we've got roof fit or not um, I think you all have different um, ways of attacking it but no, I'm massively confident I'm, I'm hugely confident getting in and coming back game with uh, the trophy and that access to the Champions League I'm, I'm massively confident but we'll, we'll see um, one of my criticisms of Gio actually I think at the start was a reluctance to use any of the other players it looked as if he didn't have a lot of trust in people but on, as the season's unravelled, he's had to do that. Um, and I think he had to do that, obviously, with the game against Dundee United at the weekend um, because he we, we saw quite a, a lot of fresh faces, um, young boys coming on, which was, was excellent to see, very composed players. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Dundee United um, was a massive come down for Leipzig. Um, it, was, it was a bit hard to get motivated for it, particularly with the way the league went. Um, what about your, yourself, Craig? How did you view the game on Sunday? Obviously, we get the we get the result we're looking for in, in the three points. Hi. Um, <clears throat> you know, I actually uh, only went to the game because I had my son with me. Um, I was still, like, completely just... Do you know, I was engrossed with planning Seville. Like, I'm, I'm, I've got it planned on a military position uh, right now. Um, but I, I went to the game and... You know, see when I walked in and I seen the union bills with the the sombreros and the the beach balls, and there was a guy walking up the aisles with a, a Lilo. Uh, it was just <clears throat> it was just a proper good fuel fuel factor about the about the place, and um, that continued. And you know, uh, Rangers played what we'd probably deem a, a second string team out with maybe Tav and, and Goldson, and um, uh, there was a lot of positives that I took from it. Um, a lot of positives, including like Leon King, that just strolled it. I, I granted he didn't have much to do, but um, I seen see when I seen the lineup and I seen Watt playing. Um, I was had a concern over certain players playing like Barisic, um, Goldson, um, Tav, maybe other team uh, players with, with maybe other persuasions of football teams, um, maybe leaving a foot in and stuff like that and um, we were controlled do you know see I heard somebody saying it earlier on today like see the way that we played that match it was the way that I would have liked us to play it um, controlled didn't go gung-ho I don't think it was ever going to be like that if I'm being honest um, I went into the match pretty much where I feel of it's like a, it's like a friendly I know that there's no such thing even a, even an actual friendly for Rangers is not a friendly it should be played like it but um I just wanted this to go out there and come out unscathed. Um, and to see Sakala, by the way, do you know, I, I, that was one of the negative, that was probably the only negative that I took away from Thursday night was Sakala um, not pressing. At, at, at times, he was the only player in that whole team 
the times maybe didn't look as if he knew what his role was. Um, every other player knew exactly what he was to do. Um, and then there was points where I was like absolutely screaming at him, just run, just run. Um, we played him through the middle and, and there was times where he, he was taking on shots. There was a couple of points where, I mean, he, he laid on the hour for, this, for the goal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've already commented on it last week about Sakala not having the best football mind. Um, probably maybe underrate him sometimes. We, I would have thought he was the type of player he would have just taken a shot. He, he had the, the insight to actually pass that out wide when it was a really, really good ball that he's actually laid on. Um, I'm going to be honest, I left at halftime. Um, I never, ever leave uh, Irox um, early, but um, I was just absolutely exhausted. Um, I came home and I went straight to my bed, if I'm being honest. I was absolutely exhausted from Thursday. Um, so I, and I'm going to be honest, I, I don't, um, I'm struggling to get myself up for the game midweek. <laughs> I, I, I think these games, when, when we've got such an important week coming up with the Scottish Cup coming up as well, <clears throat> it's an inconvenience for me right now. Um, where you've got players that you're going to need to give them some game time to keep them up to scratch, but you're going to be playing against, I mean, Ross County. Um, Thank God, Big Tokley doesn't play for them or Big Tokley that played with them and played with Inverness because it's hatchet then. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just Rangers luck that Tav will go down the line and something will happen to him in one of these matches. Um, so I, I, instead of worrying about goals and stuff like that, I'm just worrying about Rangers players getting injured. That's my only concern. No, I think you're, you're right to have that as a worry because you know we, we don't want any players... <laughs> getting injured and I think we've, we've commented on the podcast a few times about this Rangers team actually performing better when they're continually playing football um, and they're not taking breaks and they're not taking rests and I think Connor Goldson just tells every manager that he plays for that he's not getting taken off I, I'm, I'm playing that's it and to be honest I don't think any of the managers are going to win a square goal against him so the big man's obviously ruling the roost there but I mean he's I mean I've, you see him walking about the, the picture strolling it when he's playing but even at the end of the game he's taking his tap off he is a tank he is in the peak of his powers man you know he is, there's not a chance extra football's going to do anything bad to him um, but other than the injuries obviously we need to keep an eye on that what was your thoughts on the game David similar to Craig it was a anti-climax for me but obviously you'd gone through the motions but I did get I suppose reinvigorated when I saw the young boys coming on because I've followed some of them this year and the, the the B games and obviously watched a couple of them obviously playing I think the potential is 100% everybody's raving about Lowry and I know Kevin Thompson does as well says he's one of the, the most talented players um, he's ever saw at that age but the one for me is Leon King I think Leon King for me is going to be an absolute belter for Rangers. Um, I know he's a big Rangers fan as well, massive Rangers family. So for me, I think he's he's the one to watch that's going to come through. But what about yourself? What was your thoughts on the the boys that came through, Divine and also McCann? Uh, I think I, I quite enjoyed myself on Sunday, albeit you know it was a kind of lower key game. Obviously, and. It's going to be lower key than, than Thursday night, but it was good to see, you know, from when the team came out that obviously Gio had made some changes, and obviously I, I would I would have thought that, and I hope Gio does that. The game, you know, on on Sunday and and Wednesday, you know, when we're at Ross County, is that he just sees this as it's time to give guys minutes in the legs, looking at uh, preparation time, guys who need to rest then rest. The guys like Goldson and Tavernier obviously just don't want to do that. Just say, well, okay, if you want to continue to play, then play. But I'm I'm hoping he will just view this as just prep time for for the for the main events. You know, we have literally got two cup finals to concentrate on. The two league matches matter not a jot. But I think we have to go in. You know, obviously, they're playing for Rangers. You know, we go in with a certain level of competitiveness and uh, focus to, to get the job done. You know, we're not going out there to uh, concede anything. But using that time with the two cup finals in mind, get players on. I mean, we Diallo, what a pace that boy can run at. You know, what a, just a couple of times, you know, I'm watching him in the club deck and he just belts down that wing. The, the pace with which that boy moves, obviously he's got a, a lot to prove, you know, in terms of, he's, it's, you would hardly say it's been an outrageous success since he turned up. But 
these kind of fringe players who we may have to rely on, you know, because we have to rely on a squad of players, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, and if, God forbid, you know, someone does pick up an injury and, and then you're called, you have to call on these guys, then you want to be calling on them when they've got some, you know, recent minutes on the pitch and that they're, they're up to speed with the kind of the, the geo uh, setup and, and, and what will be required of them when they get there. So, no, they, I think it, it's a good opportunity to kind of turn over the squad the next two games uh, and, and just get, get the guys, get the squad fit, not necessarily the first 11, get, get the squad prepared. Aaron Ramsey, you know, it's absolute crucial minutes into that boy because uh, he, he will he'll be a big match player for us. You know, would you not play Aaron Ramsey in, in Seville against Frankfurt? You know, you'd be calling on that sort of experience would be uh, would be absolutely invaluable to us. So I'm hoping that Gio looks, that looks on these two games in that vein that it's just about prep time for the main event. Ah, yeah, I think you make a couple of really good points there. And, you know, for us, it feels like sort of dead rubbers, but there's certainly a couple of players in that squad who are going to be chomping at the bit to be starting. You know, they're going to be chomping at the bit to be starting in the in the finals. And you made a good point there. I actually forgot about the Scottish Cup final there for a wee minute because I'm so caught up with Seville. But, you know, that, that for these players, it's it's going to be huge to try and be on the manager's radar. And I think with Diallo, it's not been a great experience, obviously, probably for him and for us. But you can see the talent the boys got um, at the at the weekend there. Um, and Ramsey's a great shout. I think the, the ball into Sakala for the... Um, the penalty was was unbelievable. Nobody else in the park sees that pass, um, other than Ramsey. Um, so I getting him sharp, I think would be even if you you need to call on him to come on or whatever, is is massively important. But no, I think it was just good to get through the game, get minutes in the legs for people, get the you know most of the the players rested, the ones that are going to come off as a sub and not Goldson. Um, but I I think that was that was the main thing. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. on to Ross County on on Wednesday. Um, again, feels like another one where we're probably going through the motions. But what about yourself, Craig? Are you, are you going to get yourself G'd up for Wednesday? Or are you going to be with the subway loyal leaving at half time again? <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, in all honesty, um, I was going to say I probably won't go, but I will. Um, do you know, I, for me, I'm I'm at a point just now that um, I would normally slaughter people that are saying things that I'm saying just now, like or uh, left at half time, and I'm, I don't know if I'm going to go on Wednesday and all that stuff. But um, I'm literally like, see if you ask my boss, ask my boss uh, what I'm like about this just now. I'm not kicking a ball, um, genuinely. Like I'm just sitting there looking at YouTube videos. Um, I'm looking at where I'm going to eat in Meno Medina. On Tuesday, I'm checking beaches on where I'm going to be going. Um, I'm thinking about what I'm probably going to do on the Thursday when we win. Um, I Ross County couldn't be any further from my head right now, uh, which is probably absolutely rotten for a for a football podcast. But <clears throat> I need to be honest. Um, but see, see what you're talking about getting getting legs into um, football into the legs of the players. It is actually really important. I mean, we've seen it with, with Ramsey there. Um, I was actually pretty surprised with how strong Ramsey was. Um, granted, there was a couple of times where he was, he was overhitting passes. and um, I, I don't mean to sound derogatory about him, but there was points just before like the, the old firm game where he looked as if he was towing a caravan. And <clears throat> my main concern was that he was maybe a wee bit like um, Cranshaw, where an amazing football player and you mentioned that Chris with the pass that he makes for, for Sakala with the penalty um, Cranshaw was very similar where he would come up with passes and he would come up with parts, bits in the game and he'd go like he's light years ahead of anybody else on that park in terms of football intelligence and what he can actually bring but then there was another 80 minutes where <clears throat> he looked as if he was running on quicksand um, and it took him like 10 minutes to turn on a 360 Um I was pleasantly surprised with how fit um, Ramsey looked. The fact that he was on the bench against Leipzig probably tells you a story that he, he was there to p- potentially do a job if required. Um, so maybe maybe another half against Ross County and, or uh, maybe more time for the, the, the Hearts game. But aye, it, it probably is useful. I, I, 
I would hazard a guess that, that uh, Van Bronckhorst knows probably what he's, he's starting to live in us. Um, do you know what I mean? Um, again, we were kind of led to believe that Roof was, was there or thereabouts for the, the Leipzig game. Um, there's potential that he's just no one to risk him for these games and just put him out. Um, but I, uh, to answer your question, Ross County, again, is an inconvenience to myself. <laughs> A you're on the beach.com, aren't you? You're thinking about the, the good stuff. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I, I, do you know what, mate? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'll need to be honest. I'm, I'm the same. It's just ticking a box now until we get to the big one. But I'd imagine that the players are going to want to obviously finish on a on a high um, for the game, and you're, you're spot on. I think Gio will have mapped out probably the eleven over the next couple of games to to get the the, the priority. Now is the last two games, isn't it? The the two finals. So he's probably mapping out there in terms of um, what's required. Um, but I a big big week after that head. You know, see something that I will uh, just touch on tonight. Um, I was driving back for the subway because I'm one of the subway loyal, um, <clears throat> and my phone ran out of battery. And I never, ever, ever put on um, Clyde One again. Like that. I, I just detest listening to it. Um, that and um, the, the other channel, um, the ones that are bad to iBooks. I won't even mention who they are. But um, I was listening to the phone in, and the, Mark Wilson was a. Uh, like absolutely caring the players for walking around um, the, the lap of honour at the end of the game and, and he's going do you know I had to laugh he was basically saying aye when we didn't win the league um, I certainly didn't want to be doing that and do you know what? I actually talked to my wee boy and I went by the way Kyle he's never been in a, a, a semi-final let alone a final of a European Cup that, that guy is making comments about a team that has far surpassed anything that he's ever done and he's, he's actually caning them for... It's, it's just... Even even when guys can just... Potentially, you're just looking for them to just congratulate the Angels and go, it's brilliant what they've done. Phenomenal. Can't even do it. He's like, ah, look at the nick of them going around and clapping. And you're going, this team's actually going to a European final. And the fans are just wanting to appreciate it. Um, yeah. I just wanted to touch on that. It's like... I, I very much listen to the fan media and stuff now and I don't listen to like the stuff that, that comes on Clyde One and there I've gave it an opportunity. I thought they'll be they'll be really, really talking us up and stuff. And then you listen to Hugh Evans and it's like it's an amazing achievement if they win it. And you're going, You still talk about Seville, like Celtic in two thousand three. Do you know what I mean? That was over twenty years ago. I know, um, I know. I think that makes it a wee bit sweeter. I've been noticing that on social media, like the They've got a wall at, at um, their stadium, the Seville wall. They've got one of their suites, the Seville suite. So uh, we've we've just matched that then. Do you know what I mean? Their greatest achievement in modern history. Um, Chris, we've, we've taken away the 10. Now we're taking away Seville. What next are we going to take away from them? <laughs> well, we're going to obliterate Seville when we win that cup. I think that's the plan. Um, David, what about yourself with uh, Ross County? You, you up for it? You, you buzzing for Wednesday? I am indeed, I. I mean, always got trips to Ibrox. I mean, the game on Wednesday will be uh, only the second time that I've ever been to every home match in a season. The last time being when we won the championship, when we get promotion back. Normally, there'll be one or two for whatever reason you miss, but uh, for this reason, this season, for, for I've been at them all, so I've, I have to go just for that alone, but... Just to, get, just to tick the last box. <laughs> but I'm hoping that the Geo uh, sees this as a... I'm hoping they'll be using this, get Ramsey on maybe another hour, and he then gets to make a decision as to whether Ramsey's a goer or a war, because we're not going into the final, you know, with uh, guys who have got a question mark over their head. So if, if it serves that, that purpose for Geo, that where he kind of looks at the 11 that he's looking to start, is Ramsey a factor or is he no? Is he starting or is he on the bench? Whatever. He will be using this the, the game on Wednesday, the game on Saturday, for these purposes only. And I don't think he'll have the same 11 in mind for Seville as he will for Hamden. He's going to have to draw on the squad, you know, so that, you know, come what may, you know, because the, the, the Wednesday night, some people will be a more, if, if, if you're only mentally drained from Wednesday, you know, then we'll have the game on the Saturday against Harps. So he's going to have to draw two teams. What what are the two teams that are going to get, get us off both hurdles? 
So we don't want one and not the other. We want both. And I'm, he will be. He will be looking at that. We obviously we want to win them all. But that's basically all. All I'm hoping to see is see Rangers. Obviously, as we said before, no injuries. Get the the minutes in the legs for the guy who's who he thinks may feature in this squad. Who may have a role to play. And I'm thinking, you know, Sakala, maybe Diallo, Scott Wright. You know, these guys. Where will they feature? In 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 my eleven, what am I thinking here? You know, so when what are Frankfurt? He'll be analysing them, so he'll be drawing the best tools from his uh, store. To, you know, take on that Frankfurt. He'll be planning it meticulously, as he has done with the, the previous rounds. And you can see how you know he'll adapt the squad and the tactics to suit. And I'm sure that's what he's working on. That's all I want him to do on Wednesday. Definitely. It's just about building building on and building for the bigger games. So take a quick uh, prediction from you, David, for Wednesday. 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Craig? Uh, go for 3-0. 3-0. 2-0, 3-0. I'm going to go with 2-0. Same as David. 2-0. Um, I fancy to get, get the result, no matter what kind of team we put out. Don't get us wrong, Ross County have... Um, being a bit of a pain in the arse this season at different points. They went 1-0 up against his Ibrooks earlier on the season. We won, right enough, but um, I think they've got, obviously they'll be coming trying to get a result, but regardless, it's just about keeping the players ticking over um, and keeping them good. So we'll finish up with uh, just a wee chat about Seville, Craig, you'll be happy to hear. So I take it, David, you've got yourself booked up for Seville? Uh, we have indeed. I just booked the car t- uh, today, so we're flying to next Monday to Alicante, and then it's, we're going to stay in Alicante the night, and then it'll be a drive-through to Seville on the Tuesday. There's an apartment, a four-bedroom apartment booked for a whole gang of us for a, the three-day fiesta, and then it's back to Alicante on the Thursday, uh, the flight home on Thursday night from Alicante back to Manchester, and then uh, a drive up the road. So we'll be back in time for Saturday. Brilliant. No, I, got, I think that's important. I think a lot of people have booked uh, travel that might not get them back in time for Saturday. Uh, Craig, we know about yourself. Uh, Beno Medina, is, it? is that where you're going? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, <clears throat> I uh, Back in January, I booked a, a flight from Leeds to Malaga for a tenor. Um, it's the best tenor that I've ever spent in my life. Um, I, I I didn't book the flight home. I thought that was going to um, jinx us, so I, I left that and it ended up costing me about three hundred and fifty quid. So uh, I I didn't follow through. But um, I going out on Monday, staying um, staying in Benel Medina on the Tuesday. Probably have a wee chill day in the beach um, with a wee man and. Managed to get a bus. That was that was a big panic, by the way. And um, I think there's going to be thousands of people in the kind of Malaga, kind of Torremolinos area that's going to be proper struggling for transport. Um, managed to get a, a bus um, from from some pub. Um, it was a guy from California that managed to sort us up. Um, so a big shout out to to him and um, going through for the day. Can I resign myself that I'm not going to get a ticket? But I really. Um, I, I, I'm just buzzing to be there, to be honest. Um, I'm like Andy Firth. I'm just absolutely buzzing to be there. Um, I'll be like Andy Firth with the flag. Um, but I, and then back in back at one o'clock, and hopefully it's a twenty-four hour party, um, and it's not going to be just sitting in the sun on the Thursday, depressed with my head. Um, but again, I'm, I'm really, really confident. And, um, we a wee lay by in uh, Mallorca on the way back, so I'll spend a wee five hours with the sun in Mallorca before flying back. It's a hard life, isn't it? it certainly is. It certainly is. I we we done well, maybe not as early as January, but we booked the the route for the quarterfinal and the semi final, then the final on the one going. It cost us about eighty quid in flights in total. It was mental. Um, the only one that we lost it on was the the Atalanta one. Which um, obviously we, we we never we never played them. We played Leipzig, um, so I we done well with that. Um, and we're going into Faro, um, so we're going to be staying in Albufeira. And we've just found out that we're on the Glaswegian bus from uh, Albufeira into Seville. But I uh, it's, it's going out. There's a lot of people been left without tra- transport. Um, so hopefully they they get it sorted. But I am absolutely buzzing. Flying out on Monday from Manchester. Um, and then back on Friday we hopefully um, the trophy celebration some sometime after the Scottish Cup one but 
Aye, it's um, it's brilliant, man. It's just surreal to be actually planning it, looking forward to it, you know, looking up what you're going to be doing. Um, so I hope the both of yous, um, and obviously my group have an absolute belter in the Wednesday. Um, you know, the, the the game that we're looking forward to this coming Wednesday. Um, it's certainly not got a patch on the one a week later. So hopefully everybody enjoys it and everybody that's listening to the podcast. Um Thanks for thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you are getting over to Seville, um, and we'll, we'll hopefully catch you over there. But an amazing week for Rangers. Let's look for another brilliant nine or ten days because it would be the best of our lifetime, I think. But cheers for coming on, guys. Cheers, David. Cheers, Craig, and cheers to everybody for listening. We are the people. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.